welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello, hello, folks, and welcome to the Halftime Mike Show. You know, every week it's about bringing you something practical, doable, a helpful tip in the digital marketing, social media space that uh, you can implement some ideas, some takeaways immediately afterwards. It's all about uh, making it practical, doable, so you can be a better social marketer online. All right, so this week I am joined by Jen Herman. Jen's a forefront blogger on Instagram marketing based in sunny San Diego, California. She's a social media speaker and consultant who is, by her own admission, uh, an obsessed social media marketer, okay, and helping others succeed with it. I, I can kind of identify with that. So, And uh, she was a social media examiner, top 10 blogger. Her blog was chosen the last two years, so congrats on that. And a big congrats on uh, being a new a young mother just had a baby here late summer. Yes, uh, early first week of August. First week of August. All right. So yeah. congratulations, and you know I saw some of your posts on Facebook and things. So uh, you know some of the sleep patterns have changed a little bit. Yes, very much so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So welcome, Jen, and uh, just good to have you with us here for this topic today. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, shout out to Ken. He mentioned this morning on Instagram that he's going to try to make it. So thanks for being here, Ken. Glad to see you. Um, and then, yeah, just thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to, to having a debate. I've yes. kind of done the spoiler alert already and told people that I believe manufacturers can use Instagram. But right. I'm looking forward to the debate and how we can uh, talk about it. Yes, yes. So a little bit of background on this then. We want to dive into this and debate a little bit here. Can Instagram really work for a manufacturer? And um, I, I run into this quite a bit because I'm based here in uh, the Midwest in Indiana. And uh, technically where I'm at is called the... RV capital of the world, okay? So recreational vehicles, travel trailers, campers, whatever you want to call them. I can literally, you know, get in my car and drive about a mile and a half and show you just fields of RVs that have been manufactured ready to be, you know, sent on out somewhere across the United States and Canada. And uh, so it's big manufacturing realm. And, and again, so I think one of the one of the keys here is that a, a manufacturer, somebody that, that makes a product, might not necessarily sell that themselves to the end consumer. You know, so there's a there's something in between a dealer network, a distributor network, um, and so this this can fit in a lot of them. I'm going to kind of focus on uh, from the b background of a RV manufacturer, just because that's that's where we're at here. And um, so, Jen, my first objection here with Instagram is when, when I look at Instagram, uh, my thought is, you know, I want to sell RVs. I want to sell RVs more to my dealers. Instagram is not a selling platform. It's a picture platform. So why would I be there? Well, first of all, it is like that it's a picture-based platform, pictures, videos, you know, that kind of thing. Um, absolutely. But that's the thing. I mean, to me, the RV industry, obviously, coming from a manufacturing perspective, it's a little bit different, but the RV lifestyle, the RV 
world is so just it's abundant with things you can share via photos and videos. Um, you can share that kind of lifestyle um, as well as, and we'll get into this, but all the things that go into an RV, um, you know, what makes an RV different from another RV? What makes your brand better than another brand? Things like that that can be shown via a photo or a video vice putting something up as, you know, a tweet or a Facebook message that's a long-winded text. It's something you can convey really um, quick, kind of emotive-type connections through photos and videos. Um, but on top of that, you know, Instagram just hit the 400 million active users. So your audience is there, whether they're the dealers or eventually the end users, those people are using Instagram. And this is a great way to reach out to them um, because there really are so many people using it, whether it's in the U.S. or globally even. Okay. All right. Let's stay on that trail then just because mm -hmm. I'm going to say that uh, people that I am trying to sell to and, and work with are going to be – in that 45 to 65 year old range because those are those are the typical buyers and things like that so uh are you saying that that audience is solid on instagram absolutely here's what i ha and i have the statistics to prove it from a september 2014 um pew study which that was september 2014 we're coming up on september 2015 so i'm sure these numbers are even more than they are at last record on this study but the demographics from 30 to 64 on Instagram and Twitter are almost identical. Meaning if your audience is on Twitter and you're using Twitter to reach out to people, there's just as much of a reason to be reaching out to them on Instagram because they're there as well. And to give you the numbers, um, the 30 to 49 is 25% um, of all adults on the internet are using Instagram and the 50 to 64, 11% are using Instagram. Okay. So. It's not obviously huge. Obviously, the younger generation, you know, those in the 18 to 29 account, you know, 53% of them use Instagram. So the younger demographic is obviously more popular. But the in that, you know, kind of 40 to 60 range and kind of getting into that, like, that baby boomer generation who are in their retirement phases, they want to be out, they're getting involved with Instagram. And like I said, these data are a year old. So who knows, you know, how much more those have grown now. Um, and they are using Instagram for various reasons, whether it's connecting with friends and family or, you know, following certain companies or whatever it is, but they are there using it. Okay. All right. All right. Now, um, I did kind of like your idea that we can do some things that, that, that demo, uh, some features or some things about that. So, so you're recommending that we could have some videos or even some images maybe interior different features in an rv i would go through everything from start to finish i would talk about the production what sets your company as manufacturer apart from others necessarily um you know do you use a certain type of technology certain types of equipment certain um quality or grades of you know equipment or something that makes you know, your RVs, you know, stronger, faster, more gas efficient, any of these kind of things that are relevant to your audience. You start from that kind of manufacturing phase. Then you can go from there into, you know, how do you decide on what goes into the furnishings and the design aspect of the RVs? That's such a big deal for people nowadays. I mean, I remember, you know, campers and RVs back in the 80s and, you know, they were orange and brown and, you know, but now people want the stainless steel finishes and they want the marble countertops and they, you know, what makes your RV different? How does the how do you put these things in? Can they be custom? What comes standard? All of these things you can share via photos or videos, and then as well show that lifestyle. Um, you know, show photos of you know national parks and 
and people out on the road, you're RVing different situations, whether it's, you know, up in the mountains, down at the beach, out in the desert, out in the forest, you know, get connected with people through that, that lifestyle that they're likely to follow. And then if you can use those types of images now as an educational platform, so you, like you said, talking about your manufacturing, why your brand is different, but also give people tips. Maybe you do something where you, you know, every week or once a month, you pick a different destination and you give them insider tips on what to do or what to see in that location. Start connecting with your audience in a way that makes you kind of a go-to resource that now they have an affiliation with your brand. So while they're, you know, they're not specifically buying it from you, when they go to a dealership, they know they want your brand. They know that they specifically want you because they've seen the finishings you put in your, you know, your RVs, or they've seen the work that goes into it, and they trust that versus other companies that they know nothing about. Okay, and you're saying I can do that through a image or a 15 second video? Absolutely, absolutely. It's you know the photo is going to be that immediate emotional connection. So that's where you want those, you know, great high quality images of, like I said, whether it's the lifestyle um, or something in your plant manufacturing, you know, phase or something of the actual RV, get those high quality photos, but then you're going to use that caption to tell that story, tell the, you know, the reason why, or give that behind the scenes aspect, um, do those tips and, and, you know, resource kind of um, posts and fill up that caption. You actually have 2,200 characters in a caption. So you can write a pretty nice long, you know, description. You don't necessarily want to go that long, but anywhere, you know, a short paragraph or two. Um, and then you can put that call to action in there as well to generate, you know, you want people to go to your website. You want people to look into this more. You want people to go to their local dealership. Um, if you're running promotions or anything at a certain dealership, if certain dealerships have, um, you know, no, you know, tax or something for a certain month or financing options, um, things like that, that, you know, but you can promote those locally as well um, and share that content. So you're getting people to go and, you know, look at the things that you're presenting on your Instagram account. So yeah, whether it's a, a short video, sending a message, sharing a tip, um, you know, maybe doing a quick behind the scenes, it could be a series of still images, it could be an actual video um, that you put together that shows part of the manufacturing process. Um, it might just be how you manufacture, you know, or, or do the design install of, you know, the kitchen or something. It doesn't have to be the whole thing, but use those little bits and pieces and start to tell a story. Okay. All right. Now, from the manufacturer's perspective as well, we usually do like professional photo shoots and it's kind of once and done uh, type thing. And so we use that on the website, that type of content. So uh, is that my only imagery that I can use or, you know, what, what am I going to look at? One of the those sales guys to go in there and, and uh, talk through one of the RVs and show what's, what it's about? If they're up for it, do it. Um, mix it up. I mean, yes, you're going to have obviously those, you know, professional shoots. You're going to have the photographer come out. They're going to spend a day or two on, you know, on set taking photos of all the different things. And they're all going to be edited and, and put together for, you know, obviously your website, any magazines, promotional ads, any of those kind of things. So those are good. Um, but they are very, you know, glossy images. They're the professional ones. Um, you can definitely use them and incorporate them, but you don't want that to be your only platform. It starts to look cold. Um, and, and a little too um, magazine-ish. People don't want that so much on Instagram. They want more of that, that authenticity and that realism. Um, so if you can have those, you know, have someone on your team go walk through the manufacturing plant and take photos on a smartphone, be your iPhone or your Android. Or if you have a DSLR or, you know, a photographer on staff, you can use that as well. Um, if you have the sales guys and they're available to, you know, get in there and do a quick video, 
The great thing about that is it makes it real. How does that salesperson, you know, promote? Maybe this one wants this feature to be the big deal and a different salesperson like something else is the big deal. So you can mix it up and get different perspectives. Um, and then go after the user-generated content as well. So you're going to look for things where your end users, whether they've, um, you know, mentioned your, your brand or hashtagged you or done something so you found this content about your, your RVs, you can regram that to your account. So now you're sharing how other people are using it. It's not just you being like, this is what we do, this is what we do, this is what we do. You have someone else saying, this is how we do with their con or their product being the RV. So it's a different way to kind of show a different perspective. You still want that user-generated content to stay true to your brand. You don't want to post it just because you found it. Um, you want it to keep an aesthetic and a style that's similar to your brand style. But that's a great way to expand and get more content without having to do it yourself. Now, now with regramming, though, I'm going to have to use a another app outside the Instagram app, correct? Yes or no. I okay. recommend you use a third-party app. You can use either regram or repost. Both are available on Android and iOS. Um, and they actually, they're great because they put a little, like, watermark on the image, and they allow you to, like, at mention the original post so you give them credit. You're not just stealing their content. Um, it's kind of the, the most professional way of doing it without, you know, stepping on anybody's toes. But a lot of big brands will actually do either a screenshot or have that photo submitted to them in a different way, whether the, they reach out to the user via direct message and say, can you email us the original photos with the higher quality, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then just make sure that when you do that, though, you do at mention or give credit to the original person. You don't want to be posting that as your own content if you've got it from someone else, because that's not, A, a it's not morally right, but it, it also gets into copyright laws and a whole other issue. Um, so get that, you know, content, but give them the credit. And they like it too. People love seeing their stuff shared by a big brand, especially if they're, you know, a true, like they've used this RV brand their whole life. Ever since they were kids, they've been using this brand. They're going to want to see that brand, give them a shout out and say, you know, look at our customers using our products. They, they love that. They love to be recognized by brands. Okay. All right. So now I've got, um, two more problems and, uh, that is, you know, number one, uh, I, I can't link out in a post. And number two, even if I start putting up some great stuff here, how am I going to get the right type of followers so that this makes a difference? Well, first of all, you want to get the followers that are, um, you know, you can go after kind of the dealers. I mean, they're the ones that, you know, are eventually going to bring you in. So you want to connect with any of the dealers, you know, whether it's the owner of the dealership, um, whether it's people that work at the dealership that, you know, it, it depends on how far your dealerships rank. I mean, if we're talking globally versus nationally, um, you know, that plays a factor um, as well as, you know, how local and things like that. But if you can reach out to these people that you know work at certain dealerships, follow them, get them engaged with you, get them following you because they're the ones that now, they're going to be the ones that are going to pull up their phone even and show their customers that come on the lot. They're going to want to connect and share that information as well. Okay, so, so grow, grow by them. following. Is that what you're saying, kind of? Grow by following? Yes, yeah. absolutely. You want to reach out to like to the dealers and grow that, follow them, get engaged with them. They'll follow you back and stay engaged with you. The same thing goes for the end users. You want to use hashtags and content that is related to what your end user is looking for. So if your end user are these people who are out traveling around you know, Yosemite and the Grand Canyon and, and doing you know road trips up and down the East Coast and things like that, Think about what they're doing. Where are they going? What are they looking for? Um, you know, share that kind of content to bring them in. Use those hashtags and local hashtags as well. So, you know, use hashtags for, you know, Cape Cod or Fort Lauderdale or the Grand Canyon or whatever it is. 
where you have the content related to those locations because people are looking for those and they'll find your content that way. So it's harder to engage with them um, because there's so many of them. No situations you want to put out the content, the hashtags, and information that's going to bring them in. Um, another thing you can do as the manufacturer is whenever there's a large event, you know, whether it's, um, you know, a gathering of RV people at certain, whether it's like a convention type thing, you know, where you have like, you know, um, big groups of, you know, people coming together, whether it's manufacturers showcasing their, their you yeah. know, new products and things, or those. whether it's just groups of RV lovers coming together in different locations, find those hashtags on Instagram and cyber stalk the crap out of that hashtag. What you do is you go in and you find all the posts on that hashtag and like it as the manufacturer. So I'm at ABC manufacturing, you know, you go in and they keep seeing, oh, this at ABC keeps liking all my stuff. And you they target that specific end user in a unique way. Um, it's a really powerful way to reach out to them. Again, it, it, engage with them, let them know you're there. Um, and then you also want to encourage, you know, your dealers to tell people, hey, you know, these manufacturers are on Instagram, they're posting videos, they're showcasing these things. The more active you are, they will promote that for you to help kind of, you know, you get that on the fence, you know, shopper who's not really sure what manufacturer they want to choose or yep. if they don't really want to invest in the RV right now. They're going to try to find ways to draw them in. And if you have a great account on Instagram or any social media platform, but that showcases your brand in a way that's going to draw this sales, you know, client in, right. the salespeople are going to want to use it. So that covers the second part of the question. <laughs> I don't think yeah. I really answered the first part of the question. Yeah. Um, so to reiterate, you know, you can't link out, um, which no, you can't link out on a post, um, but you can link out through your bio. So it's really important that you use that link in your bio um, to send people where you want them to go. And this is where, in your situation as a manufacturer, I'm going to recommend you use a very specific landing page for Instagram only. So hide it kind of in the back side of your, your website. It's not going to be a page that they would find otherwise. And you're going to want to have this page basically, you know, almost welcome your Instagram users. You can make it Instagram-centric, put some of your Instagram content on this web page, um, but it's a way that now what you do is you post something and you say, for more information about how our RVs are built, click on the link in our bio. So you've given them a call to action. Now they're going to go to your bio, they're going to click on that link, and they're going to land on your landing page on your website, where now maybe you give them three or four links. You send them to three or four pages on your website that are, you know, your about page, you know, something about, you know, what makes your brand unique or different. Maybe you have videos, you know, YouTube videos or something that you can link to. Any of that kind of educational content or sales content that you want to promote out. And now what happens is you can go into your Google Analytics and you can see how many people started on that landing page and where did they go from there. You can look at their behaviors and see where they navigated to. So you can't actually track where they're going, how they're getting there, and that they came from Instagram because you know that they landed on that page only because of Instagram. They're not just landing on your homepage. Oh, I like that. I like that. So, okay. So having a specific landing page and then kind of mapping out those URLs, where I direct them once they get there so I know I, I can track in Google Analytics kind of uh, where they navigated from, at, you know, coming from Instagram. Exactly. Because that was going to be my next argument. I was like, I, how do I track this? How do I know there's any ROI in these pieces here? So, so you're giving me something there. 
Absolutely. And there's different ways. I mean, that's, like I said, I, I would recommend that from a manufacturer perspective. Um, you can also use a custom Bitly link as that URL, which again gives you another level of kind of tracking. Uh, because you only use that Bitly link on Instagram, you can go to your Bitly analytics and see how many clicks you're getting. Um, because I do have to point out that Google Analytics does not track mobile Instagram traffic. If you go to Instagram.com on your computer and go click on someone's link in their bio, that's tracked as traffic from Instagram. But if you click on a link from your mobile device, by the time it redirects through a browser approval, you actually are considered direct traffic by Google Analytics. So you can't go into your Google Analytics and say, oh, I have 386 visits from Instagram. You'll probably only have two or three because not many people are going to come to your, your page from Instagram.com. They're going to come from the app. So that Bitly link gives you that ability to track how many clicks you're really getting. And then, like I said, if you have that landing page, so that is, that's the other way to kind of get in there and see specifically, you know, 278 people came this month to this landing page. So you know that's how many people came from Instagram. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. So you kind of talked me through some of these uh, pieces that my, my consumers are there. They're using Instagram, the end consumer who's going to buy the RV. And uh, potentially my, my dealers are there or the, the people I'm trying to reach. That's uh, Those are the ones I got to uh, try to look for. Some of that is on me. I can say that, you know, hey, we're on Instagram um, and try to get them to connect with us. I like your idea of kind of doing a little bit of uh, – I, I think it's overlooked. Uh, I, don't, I don't think of necessarily – following people or liking their stuff as a way to attract them. But uh, I'm hearing you say that, that that's, that's something to do. It's, and it is. It's a great way to interact with them. Um, as well as when they come to your account, if people are commenting or engaging with you, you have to respond. You I mean, obviously the trolls that are out there, it's inevitable, especially as a, a bigger company, a bigger manufacturing type company, you might run into more of the trolls than some smaller businesses. Um, those are kind of inevitable and then they don't necessarily you know, deserve a response, let's say. Um, but aside from the trolls, if someone comments or asks a question or wants more information, give it to them and do it in a timely manner. If someone posts on your Instagram account, you know, Tuesday morning saying, oh, this looks really interesting. You know, what, who are your local dealers in, you know, Idaho? Well, don't wait until Friday to respond to them. You've lost their interest by then. You need to be staying active on your account, even if it's just monitoring for notifications on a regular basis, so that you can respond and give them that specific information that they've requested and help push that sale in the right direction. Okay. Now, a uh, technical question then, you know, based on that. So I have our, you know, manufacturer's Instagram account. So that that's our brand account. Uh, but typically on my phone, I'm logged in as myself. So in order to make sure I'm tracking notifications, uh, I'm going to have to keep switching in and out. Is there any other messages for efficiency I should be thinking through so that uh, I'm not missing something, but knowing that I'm going to be largely logged in on, on Instagram, on my phone, on my own personal account? Well, I mean, if you're at work, um, whether you're, you know, managing it for a manufacturing company and you're the social media manager and whether you work from home or an office, um, or if you are an employee that works at the manufacturing company and you work at some, you know, office location associated with the company, you know, you're going to be using your phone, like you said, more probably as an individual. Use. So you can choose to set yourself reminders to go in and you can just search for the account rather than logging out and just look and see if any new comments or anything have popped up. If there are, then log out and get back in there. Um, but you can also use desktop management tools. 
Um, you can use something like Hootsuite, which is really, really advantageous. And Hootsuite also allows scheduling now. There's a scheduling workaround within Hootsuite. Um, so you can actually post to Instagram. You still have to do it through your mobile device. You get a notification, and then you have to actually authorize it from your mobile device okay. at the time of scheduling. Um, but Are you, you saying can I can monitor, monitor you can, from Hootsuite? Yep, you can monitor from Hootsuite. And the best thing about it is you can have all of your accounts open. So you can have your personal account. You can monitor hashtags. You can monitor app mentions. And then you can monitor your business account. So you can be in there in Hootsuite if you're at work and have it up on a dashboard running in the background. And every hour or two hours or whatever you want to set as your time limit, go in and monitor that and look and see comments, likes, engagement that's happening on your account. Um, as well as, like I said, if you want to track a hashtag, if you have a hashtag associated with your, your brand and your business, you can track that to see if people are posting new content or engaging with that hashtag. So that way you don't miss anything. You're going to be able to stay on top of everything. Okay. All right. Now, uh, so you think, though, that as a manufacturer, that us simply putting up some little quick videos, unprofessional, us showing the new kitchen countertop, that's going to be interesting to people, and that's something we should be doing on Instagram. Absolutely, especially for your target audience. These are the – know what they care about. You know, I mean, to other people, you know, certain things might not be of value, but if you know your target audience as the end user, and if you know that, you know, you guys have done all this market research to say that, you know, this color granite countertop is going to perform better than this color, or that more people want granite than they want linoleum, or whatever it is, you've done that market research to put that time and investment into your product that you're putting out there on the sales floor, then that's something that obviously matters to the audience. So showing them that and telling them that, providing them with that information up front brings them in without them having to like get to the, the sales floor and say, well, what's the difference between this and this? Or do you have that? They're coming in knowledgeable, knowing that you have these features and they're looking for it. And this goes for, I mean, let's talk about, you know, like I said, gas efficiency, um, you know, comfort of seats, the driver's seat. I mean, the person driving is in that seat for hours on end. Do you have something unique about your driver's seat? Um, that makes it, you know, does it have extra lumbar support or something like that that makes it better than, you know, something else. And even if it's not better than your competitor, if you're talking about it and your competitor isn't and people know you're talking about it, they're going to come looking to you because they know you have it. Even if five other companies are doing it, they're not telling them. But this is something that matters to the person who's driving. Then that's what they want to know about. Okay. All right. Very good. Now, and... A final question, I guess, if I'm spending time this way, I'm, I'm posting things on Instagram and I'm putting these pieces up here, is there, is it just for Instagram? Is there any way for us to get any other value out of what we're posting on Instagram? You know, can I use that on our website somehow? Oh, absolutely. Your Instagram account is only one part of your entire online um, and digital marketing platform. So you can be sharing this content to your Facebook page, to your Twitter account, uh, to your website. Um, I don't recommend if you put it on Instagram, don't put everything on Facebook. You want to have them be different, but you can do some cross promotion. So let's say you had a great Instagram video from one of your salespeople talking, you know, a little quick 15 second walkthrough of, of a new RV that you have on the, the sales floor. You know, have that and post that to Facebook and say, you know, for more videos and more great content about what we're doing, come check us out on Instagram. So use that kind of cross promotion. Likewise, on your Facebook page, you know, you can be telling people, you know, about your Instagram, Instagram, you can be telling people about your Facebook, you know, you kind of cross promote that way. Um, you can embed those those Facebook posts into your, your website. So if you have that great content, like you said, on that landing page, um, if you have those short little videos, embed those 
into, you know, whether it's your about page or sales pages or content like that. And the great thing is once it's embedded, it runs in your website as an Instagram post. So people can actually engage with it right from your website or they can go immediately to your Instagram account from your website. So you don't have to navigate them around. They, they just click on it and then they're automatically on your Instagram account. So okay. absolutely cross promote, get it out there, let people know where to find it. Okay. All right. All right. Very good. So I want to take a question from the audience here. It looks like we've got one down there. It says, uh, Jen, can you talk a little bit about filters and hashtags? Uh, heard you should pick one filter to keep your images unified. Okay. So these are filters I put on images. Uh, well, yeah. Go ahead and address it. You know, what, what am I going to do for okay. RVs? And I'll, I'll keep it short because when you just asked about hashtags, which I could talk about for a whole hour okay. just on hashtags. So I'll, I'll talk fast and try to keep it short. Um, filters, I noticed, um, yeah, the comment, should you pick one and keep your images unified? It's entirely up to you. I don't think you need to. Some brands do. Like, for example, if you look at um, the brand that comes to my mind is Burberry, which is a fashion brand, and they're very into, like, the muted kind of camel colors. And they use a very, like, a sepia-style um, filter to keep everything a very kind of vintage and unique look to it. That's their brand style. Um, you, by all means, do not have to. You want to keep your images in a somewhat unified, cohesive way that when people see it, there's a branding and a recognition that can come from a filter effect, but it doesn't have to. Um, you know, and so many filters have a similar type effect, like we can take an Amaro and a Rise that are different filters, but they have a similar style to them. So although they're different, they're kind of the same, so you could mix those up. It depends on what works for you, as well as the image. Like sometimes you take a photo and let's face it's not the best photo and the person's face is all shadowed because there's too much light behind them. Certain filters will enhance that and diminish the shadow more than other filters. So if you have a like, oh, I only use this filter, but it's not going to fix that image, then you're, you, you know, you're depriving yourself of the opportunity to make your photo better. So I don't say limit yourself to one, but pick your four or five favorites that work best for your style and kind of tie those in. So hashtag. Um, absolutely use hashtags. I will not use a hashtag on any other platform except maybe Twitter on occasion. But I'm like, you have to use hashtags on Instagram. They are the secret power weapon you have to be using. So five to 10 per post is absolutely appropriate. 11 or more is the magic number. That's when you get the most engagement. You can use up to 30. So use as many as you want. And they should be related to, you should have a branded hashtag that people know is your branded one. For example, I use hashtag Jen's Trends and hashtag Learn From Jen. Those are my two hashtags that I put on my content. So if you're a manufacturer or a company, have one for your brand that you use. It encourages people to use it and share your content with that hashtag. You want to use popular hashtags related to your industry or niche. So for example, you might want to use RV, RVing, camping, things like that that are specific to your industry that are going to be popular. Those are going to get you instant results really fast, and then you're going to kind of die off. Then you want to use the moderately popular ones to kind of sustain that longevity in a hashtag search. So you might want to get more kind of targeted, um, you know, in terms of the, the hashtags. So instead of just saying, like, RVing, you might say summer RVing or something like that that's maybe a little less popular, um, a kind of more targeted niche. Like maybe some people only RV in the summer when they have summer vacation. So they're more looking for that summer, you know, inviting type content versus all of the winter and fall. So mix in those different hashtags, get that kind of variety, and that's really going to help you, you know, reach the new audiences, get out there, and, and promote your content. Okay. No, I really like that. All right. Uh, so there's another question. Transpose hashtags over the image. Let's see. 
Um, you can if you want to do a text overlay for your branded hashtag. Um, throw that up there. Again, it's a branding aspect. It lets people know what your hashtag is. I wouldn't overdo it. Do not do it all the time. Um, but on occasion, and especially if you're running a campaign or a promotion, if there's a sales event going on, if there's a launch going on, if there's something that is of value to, to promote that way, then yes, include those hashtags because you want people using that and engaging with that. So I'm coming back to trying to reach, you know, more of our dealers. So we're in a competitive situation there. So, you know, uh, any given dealer is going to have multiple brands on their lot, you know. And so we're trying to get them to take in more of our product, uh, get connected to us more than the next guy so that uh, there's more of our product on the lot. And then, you know, when, when they're out there with the customer walking down through the different ones that we somehow, uh, you know, have that kind of, you know, rapport or the trailer that they they want to direct them to that one. So I, I've got to I've got to cater to this dealer, uh, making some more sweet spots with that dealer. Am I? Um, is there things that I need to differentiate in my posts? The ones that are direct to the dealer versus the consumer uh, is you know how can I, I use Instagram for the dealer? Recreate content specifically for the dealers. Okay. I would give the dealers the shout out. I would engage with the dealers, regram their content, talk about them, um, showcase them, showcase their lots. Okay. Um, the more you can make them feel like you value them, the more they're going to want to bring you in. So if you're giving them the love and you're like as the big kind of overarching business, the manufacturer saying this dealer is the place to go to get your, you know, certain type of RV or whatever it is, then it gives them reason to want to work with you more because they know that you're going to give them that value from interacting. I like that. I like that. Give them the, give them the shout out. Um, obviously, we're, we're sending our sales guys to meet up with the dealers on their lots. So trying to take advantage of that opportunity when you're there on location. Absolutely. And if you ever have like I mean, I, I don't know specifically. I've, I've been in sales, and I know how some manufacturers work. But if you have someone from the manufacturing company that goes out to various locations, they're going out to dealerships, they're going out to trade shows, have that person from the, the company share, like, have, like, an almost an Instagram takeover um, where they're sharing live from these things. Here I am at this dealership. Here I am at this trade show. Here I am meeting with this dealer. Here I am meeting with these salespeople. And give them that love in the context of we're doing this as the manufacturer at this event, live, showing you what's happening. Now, you don't want to post like 30 photos in two hours from a trade show, but pick a few or use collages or little videos as a way to, you know, get more content in less, you know, in one post versus 20 posts. But get that out there and, and show that and let people know that you're connecting with them. And again, that'll pull in those dealers because they know you're doing it. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Excellent. So, uh, Jen, I think that uh, you give me some great things to think about here, and uh, I'm I'm convinced here that uh, there may be some value. Okay. So, I, I think there's uh, some possibilities here. So, any final questions from the audience as we wind down here? This topic on uh, you know can Instagram really work for a manufacturer who's not selling direct to the consumer? Uh, I was going to point out if you're waiting for those questions, two accounts to think of are General Electric. Um, they do a great job on Instagram and General Electric as a manufacturer of, you know, turbines and, 
and wind turbines and all these kind of things don't sell to the public. They only sell, obviously, to, you know, major companies that are going to be, you know, implementing their turbines and things. But they use Instagram really well. Okay. Um, and Maersk is a shipping company, M-A-E-R-S-K. Um, they do a great job on Instagram as well. They do, you know, history of their company. How did they evolve? What do they do? How do they do it? Um, and again, they're not talking about the end user. They're talking about shipping large yeah. containers that are coming more from companies. Okay, so these are gotta, two accounts that you can look at as yeah. a manufacturer from inspiration. Excellent. i got to check that out because that sounds totally non-sexy, and that's what we got to look at here. How does, uh, <laughs> you know, some an industry that's, uh, that's not, you know, hot, direct, you're not going to buy a shipping container. But if, if they're doing something on Instagram, i got to check that out. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Hey, folks, I think uh, we want to wind down then. I want to thank you, Jen, for spending this time with us and just diving into this from kind of a unique perspective, from from that of a manufacturer uh, who is not selling direct to consumer, and it, sometimes it's tough for them to get a hold of what they can do. And hopefully through my questions, hopefully through your answers, you gave some uh, great stuff here that uh, I've learned just for myself, but just some great input, and I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for tuning in and your questions and conversations over in the chat. It's great to see all of you. All right, and uh, we're going to have a number of links. So this this is going to be turned into, obviously, there's a replay of the video. We're going to be doing this as a podcast. There's going to be a blog post on the Halftime Mic uh, coming up, and uh, we'll have Jen's links in there as well so that you can connect with her and um, uh, find out more about it. But, uh, again, it's uh, jenstrends.com and Jen, two N's. And, uh, yes. two, and, and an S on each word, right? Uh, yes, jenstrends.com, uh, and same thing, um, Instagram and Twitter, at jens underscore trends. There we go. So we'll have all that in the show notes, but thanks again, Jen. And, uh, Thank you. Have a great afternoon, sunny San Diego. I'm a little jealous of that yet. <laughs> it's gorgeous today. <laughs> right. Okay, take care, folks, and uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jen. All right, have a good one. Over and out. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike Podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.